The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time, and usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Welcome to episode 94 of the Pre-PA Club podcast. Today I'm going to introduce you to Ashley Turner, who is a fellow PA and just really awesome. She has an interesting background in nutrition and she's going to teach us a little bit about how to stay healthy in PA school. And we're going to talk about how we both did or did not do that. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. All right, y'all, before we jump in to this interview with Ashley, um, I wanted to remind you about my PA resource, which is a personal statement editing service, and you can use the code, the pre-PA, oh, not the, pre-PA club, sorry, for a discount with them if you are still looking for help with your personal statement. I know that, you know, it's July, people have submitted, um, but if you are one of the few that has not, and one of the reasons is your personal statement, get some help. Don't keep dwelling on it because you could change it forever and keep looking at it, so get someone else to look at it and tweak it to give you that confidence that you are ready to submit. So go to myparesource.com to do that now. Now, um, I'm really excited to share this with you. Me and Ashley, Ashley and I connected on Instagram and we kind of decided we might be the same person just in different locations. So we have very similar kind of paths as far as being PAs and having families. So we're able to relate very well. And I think she's just really cute and great at being very genuine and sharing who she is and her struggles. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear from her and we'll jump into that in just a second. I also wanted to remind you about PA school prep. If you are about to start PA school and need a refresher on your anatomy, physiology, and medical terminology just to feel confident going into that first semester, check out paschoolprep.com and you can use the code prepaclub there as well. All right, let's hear from Ashley, and I know that then you're all going to want to follow her on Instagram and send her tons of questions. Here we go. Okay, well, I'm Ashley Turner. I'm a certified PA, and I work in Campbellsville, Kentucky, which is a small rural community where I grew up. I work in general surgery. I've pretty much been in general surgery since graduating PA school. Um, I live in Campbellsville with my husband and 14-month-old son. And all my family is here. And I also, too, do virtual health coaching with the Faster Way to Fat Loss as well. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Okay. So how long have you been a PA? I graduated in December of 2014. So I guess I'm coming up on five years in okay. December. Yeah, we're right? about the same because I graduated August of 2014. So oh, yeah. right along the same 
interesting yeah. path. What kind of was your background before PA school? Did you go straight in or do something before PA school? Um, well, I graduated from the University of Kentucky with a Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition and Food Science, so dietetics. Um, and I wanted to go to PA school right after school. And I had my heart set on UAB. I always wanted to do surgery. So I applied only there following um, undergrad, and I did not get in. <laughs> that was a huge blow to the ego, <laughs> but that's okay. I think it all worked out in the end. I'm actually very glad. Uh, so I ended up taking a year off, and I worked a lot of odds and ends jobs. I shadowed a lot of PAs. I worked as like a nurse tech and doing triage in different sort of clinics around Birmingham, Alabama. I actually moved there. I also cheered in college, so I became a cheerleading coach at UAB, and I also was a cheerleading coach in an all-star group down there as well, so I was working like three to four jobs <laughs> during that entire year, and I reapplied to UAB as well as another program, Trevecca, in Nashville. I secured an interview at Trevecca, but did not get in that second time I the apply cycle that I did, and then I applied to UAB, got an interview, and got accepted that second time, which I was really excited about, and it all worked out because I'm from Kentucky. I was a resident of Kentucky. And moving down there for a year and taking that leap of faith to reapply and do all that, I actually got in-state um, tuition and became a resident and was able to do that, which was very helpful um, in the long run. So. That, that is a really big move. And I think maybe something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily be willing to do, even if they like really want to go to a school, which UAB is on the top of a lot of people's list. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really, I sing the praises of UAB. I had a really good experience. I think you can find faults in every PA program. You know, I think you can nitpick any program and say, oh, I wish I would, they would have done this better. But, you know, I really can't find many. Um, the staff was just really great. All the educators were just really wonderful. Setting up our rotations were huge. Um, and they had just a lot of great resources and a lot of great preceptors. So I have no qualms with UAB and it definitely does speak volumes to applying to jobs because people will interview me and ask me about my training at UAB. And I've had people specifically ask for UAB trained PAs and it was, it was really, it was really great. So I love my program and I'm glad I did take the leap of faith to move down there and work my tail off for a year and some weird jobs. <laughs> hey, make it happen. I'm um, <laughs> So, um, I also love surgery and I think if I did not do derm, I would do surgery. Are you actually in the OR? What is kind of your job look like on a daily basis? Um, my job currently, I'm not in the OR as much as my previous jobs. So being out of PA school, this is my fifth year. This, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. Um, but this will be my fourth job. Okay. Coming out of PA school, so I've moved around a little bit. I actually came to this community right out of PA school, and I really fought to be with the general surgery office, but I kind of fought with administration for nine months, and they were not letting me move into that office. Uh, they wanted me in urgent care, which I did not enjoy. I really did do a study to do surgery, and so I was a little bit frustrated in that regard. So anyway, I ended up securing a job in a level two trauma and acute care um, center in Bangor, Maine as a locum tenens. So I did travel for nine months. I ended up taking a permanent position with that job for the next year and a half. Then I got married and life moved me back to Lexington where I did general and vascular surgery and then back to general surgery here. 
So in trauma and acute care, my vascular and general surgery job, I was, my first priority is pretty much the OR. I did a lot of critical care in my trauma job. We really acted as first-year residents. We had the pagers. We were first call for any issues on the floor, and we rotated doing like a floor call and critical care call and also trauma call. So we would respond to the code, uh, the trauma codes, and we would also be first assisting in the OR. And that is really how that um, ebb and flowed through that trauma service, which was really exciting. I got to do a lot of procedures, A-line, central lines, chest tubes, thoracentesis, and I was learning some bronchoscopies, therapeutic bronchoscopies at the end there. So it was really awesome. In my vascular and general surgery group, my first priority was the OR as well. So we first assisted majority of the time and rounded on patients. Here, I kind of do a little bit of all of it. I rotate through the hospital and clinic. I do a, a clinic for two weeks, then I'll rotate through the hospital where I do a little bit of OR and then round on patients and do consults in the hospital. Okay, cool. So yeah, you're kind of all over. What are your hours like? Um, for my clinic uh, weeks, because there's three PAs in our service, so we rotate two-week um, stints in either the clinic and then we're hospital, and there's kind of a float two weeks where we have a little bit of an easier schedule. So we get a few days off, not a few days, but some mornings off during the week if the load is light through the hospital. So that way, because coming after that hospital two weeks is a little gruesome because the hospital two weeks were pretty much there from 7 to 5, Monday through Friday. Um, sometimes you can go home early. It just really depends on the workload, the patient load. And also you're pretty much have to be there in case consults come in because you're going to be kind of the first one to respond to consults and anything of that nature. But in clinic, it's pretty much eight to five. And then we have a half day on Fridays. So it, it kind of rotates. It's been pretty nice. It's been nice for work-life balance for me having a new child. Yeah. What yeah. is your level of autonomy or kind of your relationship with your supervising physician? physicians it's changed a little bit it's gotten a little what's the how do I say autonomous is that a word yeah autonomous yeah so it's gotten a little less autonomous hopefully it's grammatically correct I clearly did not get an English degree um but as I as I went through my jobs from trauma acute care then my job in Lexington Kentucky in this one um in my trauma job the trauma surgeons they let you go um i Pretty much chest tubes. I saw one, did one, and then went to the floor and did one by myself. The trauma surgeon looked at me and said, you can do this, right? And I was like, mm, yep. <laughs> so I marched to the floor by myself with a student, and that was really the second time I'd put a chest tube in. And that was quite terrifying because my patient was awake on the floor in stable condition. So those are always the most terrifying chest tubes to put in because they're really alert. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So they were very autonomous and um, in my practice there, although they, if I ever needed them, they were a call away. Um, they trained us very well. I had other PAs that trained us very well and were there, there with us every step of the way. I saw a lot of chest tubes before I did that and A-lines and um, they were just very good at feeling the situation and knowing when they needed to be there and knowing when they felt confident in my ability with all the PAs. They did a wonderful, beautiful job with the relationship between the supervising physician and the PA. Being in a smaller practice in a small town, it just makes it a little bit complicated because everybody knows everyone. So you're pretty much seeing your patients at church, at the Mexican restaurant, you know, everywhere in town. So you kind of can't, you don't have that luxury just because patients want to see the surgeon. They want to see the surgeon. They want to see your physician because that's who they're seeing out in the community. community. And having that mid-level is just still a little bit new in a smaller rural community. So it's just a, a little bit different, but they still do a really good job of incorporating us into the practice. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's kind of, I'm interested to know, so you 
what made you interested in nutrition? Like, why did you choose that as a major? And was it helpful for PA school? Yes. I would say yes for PA school and also my career now. Okay. Um, but I, I was first a biology major. And I enjoyed the biology classes, but I hated coming out of the class and not really being able to apply it to my everyday life. And um, that really frustrated me that I spent all these hours learning things. And I was just like, I want to just do something with this now. Like I want to learn something that I feel like I can apply to my life now. And at the time, all through four years of college, I was a collegiate cheerleader. So being in shape, being at an appropriate size for our sport was very important. My sister was a nutrition major and I would be kind of in the mix with her, seeing what she was learning. And I was like, oh, this is really awesome. You know, I feel like what you've learned in class could apply to your life now. This is things that you can know and build upon and just continue on for the rest of your life. It would be really helpful. So I switched my degree to nutrition and I ended up loving it. I loved it because like I said, it helped me through my fitness level in college and where I needed to be and wanted to be. And as far as being a PA, right now in our general surgery clinic, again, bringing in the rural community, we do a lot of primary care through our clinic. Um, so I think in a lot of larger communities, when patients come to your general surgery clinic, they pretty much already come with the diagnosis and they come with... Um, with pretty much the plan of action, what you're going to do. They have the appropriate studies ordered and you pretty much know their problem and know your plan of action really before you see the patient a lot of the times. But here they come in a lot with vague uh, symptoms and we they kind of get shuttled to us to kind of figure out and decipher between their symptoms. And a lot of times it's like nutritional things. It's um, IBS, it's constipation, diarrhea, that's diet related, it's um, lactose intolerance, it's gluten sensitivities. And coaching people through that. And I have a, there's a surgeon, Dr. Barr, that I work with who's very sweet. And people will come in with these complaints. And he's like, she's the expert. Please talk to her. Just listen to what she says. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So he'll like walk out of the room and then I'll counsel people through, even with people with diabetes who are so lost and clueless. And um, they want to know more about carbs or their diet or losing weight or different things that cause sensitivity. So it's been really great. It's been really helpful in this um, environment. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to think about it because, yeah, my biology degree was um, useless, basically. <laughs> uh, I did not learn much that I could apply to life. So yeah, I'm sure there's things you could do, but, yes, um, it's very difficult. Mitosis and yeah, things that you no. can no. out to apply. Like, are you going to use organic chemistry? No, you're not ever going to, ever. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to talk about this is something we've never really talked about on the podcast at all is staying healthy in PA school, uh -huh. which we touched on. We talked about a little bit before, but yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think I did a great job of this. And looking back, I think I would be better at giving tips than when I was in PA school, just because mm -hmm. it's really hard when you're in the thick of it. And like you said, you're just trying to survive. Um, is what it comes down to is, you know, you're not necessarily thinking about what you're eating or if you're eating or if you're working out because school is such a big priority. So do you think you did a good job of kind of taking care of yourself and your health during PA school? 
I think I stayed active. Um, I don't know if my diet was quite as tight as I would want it to be, but I think I stayed fairly active, which was huge. Um, my first year of PA school, I was still coaching cheerleading. So I was able to work out with the cheerleaders and um, I even went to games with them and stayed active with them in that regard during my didactic year. So that was really easy staying active and kind of having an active release, stress relief from PA school, something to get my mind off PA school, my mind out of studying. So that was very therapeutic for me. And as far as overall health, I think that did wonders for me in my first year. Um, but yes, I don't think my diet really did well the whole time. I think you're cramming stuff in your mouth because you're up at 3 a.m. trying to study for that test. <laughs> and you're just like trying to stay awake. You're going to Einstein Bagel. That's what was by ours, you know, like just getting something to survive class because sitting there for six hours is so mind numbing. At least you can enjoy the cinnamon delicious bagel and <laughs> kind of keep you awake. So I don't know if I did the best really with uh, my diet, but I think staying active and finding that downtime and finding that stress relief um, when you feel like everything is kind of coming down on you and it seems so serious in the moment, I feel like I did fairly well. Yeah, so the only reason I worked out was because Two of my, now, I mean, they're still my best friends, um, but two of my friends in PA school would go to the gym and basically make me go. And they would do these workouts and they would run. And I was like, I'm not running. I will walk with you guys around the track, but I'm not running. Um, they would always try to get me to do mud runs and 5Ks when I always refused. But <laughs> they, they were very kind to me and I'm glad they we're still my friend and are still my friends, but I was just saying like, I always had such a bad attitude about it, but looking back, I'm very thankful that they encouraged me to do that because it was a good stress relief. And that's how we really became friends is because we were able to talk about non-school things or sometimes we would study while we worked out, you know, and kind of clue oh, yeah. each other. But I mean, yeah, so that was not necessarily my priority, but something I did just because yeah. people made me. Yeah, and I think really managing your expectations on what healthy means to you at this point in time, like having a raging six pack and a bikini body probably is not the best time to think about in PA school, you know, like maybe you don't have the time to keep your nutrition as tight and also like hit the gym as hard as you wanted if you're trying to be in a bodybuilding competition or something. But really managing those expectations and like, what does healthy mean to me right now? And healthy means thriving in PA school, having the energy to study and having the energy to still maintain my relationships during this very stressful time in my life. So really, you know, digging deep, digging deep getting in your feelings, as Drake would call it, and really managing those expectations, what healthy means to you at the moment. And then really guiding your life in that way. I think um, I think that's the number one tip is find that stress relief. And don't let PA school be consuming. Go out, have fun, have fun, fun with your friends and get that stress relief. I think that could be the single most best thing you could do in PA school. Yeah. And just, I mean, make time for yourself. Yes. If that makes sense. So also like I, and, and I mean, even in the sense of just kind of check in with yourself and make sure that you're. I mean, doing things to take care of you, like eating and doing yeah. things that you enjoy for stress relief. I've said it before, but I love reading, and I didn't read a single book for fun during my mm -hmm. entire time I was in PA school. And when I was living at home and my parents invited me to go grab food, I would say no, and I would yeah. tell them they could bring me something back. And by then, I was usually asleep, and so I just didn't eat dinner. And that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. um, that's not making good choices for yourself. And again, looking back, I can see that. 
Um, I don't know about your class, but my class had a snack closet. Did y'all have a snack closet? Okay. No. Well, that was, that was like our fundraiser, except for I think we just had it at Costco. So they would go to Costco and buy all these snacks for the closet, and then we you could get a candy bar for like 25 cents. I mean, it was great. It was not great, but it was great. So I don't know if your class has a snack closet, but you may want to ration yourself. So note to everyone, when you interview to PA school, probably the number one question is, so do you have a snack closet? Yeah, you closet? may want to ask that at your interviews if they have a snack closet in their house. <laughs> you need to make addendum to your book, and that's an important question. But... Yeah, that's not what I included, but it should be because, yeah, we have a great snack closet. I hope they still have that going because it was, it was great. It was a game changer for sure. Like on the honor <laughs> system, so you just put your put your money in the slot and take the candy or the food or the chips or the Coke or whatever. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, the snack closet was good. Um, and then but I do remember also, like, I was not necessarily one of these. I tried to bring my lunch every day, most days. But um, we didn't really have many options to go get food anyway. But we had people in my class who – ate out every single meal like literally they would bring starbucks for breakfast it was so expensive they would go get something for lunch at the little cafe thing and then they would all go out to dinner and i was like how are you doing that yeah one i couldn't afford that yeah. and two yes <laughs> Not choices, but anyway. um all right so we met on instagram through lauren yeah. Yeah. who's been on the podcast um uh -huh. but so you, how'd you get into nutrition coaching? And I, I love, like, one of my things that I love is when PAs, because I feel like PAs in general have a lot of other interests outside of mm -hmm. being a PA. So, I mean, there's people who have clothing companies and all kinds of stuff. So how yeah. did you kind of get into this kind of side nutrition coaching on the side? Yeah. Well, I never would have guessed in a million years that I would do something like this. Cause one, it was funny. I was thinking about this today that you, you tell yourself these things, these things you would never do. One, I'll never move back home. <laughs> I'm back home. Or two, man, I could never like sell anything or do the whole Instagram thing. Like I just couldn't do it. That just seems terrible. And ta-da! <laughs> been such a joy. And I honestly found it because I've obviously all, obviously always have been interested in nutrition. I have a degree in nutrition. I was a college athlete where health and nutrition and fitness was really important. And like basically my everyday life, I eat, slept and breathed, working out and eating healthy and being athletically um, active. So it's always been an interest and I always dabble in things that are like kind of hot on the market a little bit, you know, whole 30, I've done a little bit of low carb, not strict keto, but that didn't last very long. Um, but always just finding ways to incorporate healthy things into your life because I knew from the very beginning, even as a nutrition major, that good health and preventative health starts with what you eat, period. We even learned that in PA school about diet and exercise, like losing weight, being healthy for preventative disease, 90% diet, 10% exercise. So I always have known that diet has had a huge component on um, <clears throat> your outlook on your health and the preventing of chronic illness. So I've always kind of had a passion for that, especially because people in my family have chronic illness. And I always try to be like, no, eat this or eat that. So I kind of research for them and always kind of do that. So I always dabbled in it. 
So come in postpartum, um, I was lacking motivation. I was three months postpartum. I had a friend of mine, Lauren, who was a faster weight coach. I had seen her posting and kind of in the beginning, I made fun of her. So I was like, this is ridiculous. And look at her. Like, I cannot believe this. Like, what is the heck? So I finally gave in because I've pretty much hit a low point. You know, I was not making good choices. I couldn't cut the sugar dragon. What I, you know, brought into postpartum diet Coke was my best friend again. And basically every meal was refined sugar. And I was like, I've got to stop this. I feel miserable. So I took the leap and went into a group and I was overwhelmed at first, but after learning the strategies, uh, it interests me even more. And then I got on PubMed at work and looked up articles on intermittent fasting. I was like, I think there is something to this. So I started looking up the research and the medical research that's been done. And there, there is, you know, it was incredible what I was, you know, learning and reading. I was like, Ooh, I think this is legit. Like, I think this is real, what they have discovered and working alongside our metabolism. I really think the code has been cracked here. I wasn't deprived. There wasn't a mean macro. There wasn't a macro that was eliminated or saying that is the bad guy. It was, it was what I felt like I learned in nutrition, everything in moderation. We have treats, we have carbs, we have fats. It's just at the right times, at the right places, and the right kinds. And so it was just a wonderful way to just envelop everything that people tell you into one system and one structure. So I loved it. So because of that, then I became a coach. And I'm a, I'm a born teacher and I'm a born coach because I coached UAB cheerleading. I teach people. I taught swim lessons in high school. I taught gymnastics in college. Um, so I'm a born coach. I love to do it. It's my passion. <clears throat> so having nutrition and coaching all at once and preventative health. It was kind of a dream come true, honestly. That's awesome. So, um, so I did the program and I thought it was really interesting and you are a good teacher. Um, just like the whole, like back, like the metabolism stuff. And actually at AAPA this year, they had an intermittent fasting lecture, which was super popular. It was like, um, yeah, they, I mean, they talked about like all these different ways you can do it and like the, all the studies and stuff. It was, it was great. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. So I tried whole 30, which was awful. I actually tried twice. The first time I made it 15 days. The second time was when I was postpartum and I don't know what was going on in my body, but it made me so sick. Like physically I was getting sick. It was awful. And I don't I tried know. to be right postpartum and it went awful too. I made it four days. Yeah, me too. And that's what I was like, I'm waking up sick in the middle of the night. My husband's like, Are you pregnant? I'm like, No, I'm not pregnant. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. So it was just not a great experience and I I was doing it with my medical assistant at work, who's also one of my best friends. And I was like, we're not doing this again. Like, if I ever say I want to do this again, we're not. Like, shut me down. Not happening. Um, but I, I was like you. I was like so desperate to not be squishy anymore, which having a baby is amazing and wonderful and all that. But, like, it rocks your body. So, um, <laughs> I'm with you there. Because my yeah. 12 and a half months old. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Little babies. But, um, okay. So give us, so somebody who's never heard of like intermittent fasting, fast weight, fat loss, like just give me the basics of what that means and everyone can go do their own research, but kind of what, what okay. does that mean? So what intermittent fasting specifically means or what um, faster weight is about? I guess like what faster weight is about and then what each part, like, cause I know it's the intermittent fasting and carb cycling. And now I know what those mean thanks to you, but I did not, I, I'd always heard about macros like that. That's what I was heard. Like eat your macros, 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 macros. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like I didn't learn that in school. I don't know what that is. 
give us a breakdown on that. Yeah. So the Faster Way to Fat Loss is a program. It's an online program that guides you through. There's kind of the six pillars of the faster way. And the, and the main one is really intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is really the basis of the faster way to fat loss. That's where that comes from. And then you add in the others, which makes it kind of a awesome program altogether. But intermittent fasting, you have whole food nutrition, you have macros and macro tracking, you have carb cycling, strength training, and combined with HIT, and then also a community. So accountability and community, you join a community, you join an accountability group with me where I coach and teach you through all of the aspects. So it's all of these things, and then I teach you through all of these, I teach you the metabolism of each macronutrient, why it's important for us to have them. I teach you why carb cycling is effective and what's happening metabolically in our bodies to show the results and the fat loss that we're having. And I also go over intermittent fasting, and again, what is happening inside our bodies and how intermittent fasting works with playing on our insulin levels and depleting our glycogen stores out of our liver, increasing autophagy and apoptosis with cellular regeneration in our body. So I go through all of these things in the group and I teach you kind of how to put it together in a cohesive, flexible plan. It was all online, seven weeks, and we do it through an accountability group and you have access to me daily and with weekly trainings. Okay. So I was just, I'll say kind of what I liked about it. So number one, I liked having you as a coach because I know you have a background in nutrition, you're a PA, like you actually know your stuff and you're not some random person who decided they want to coach people in nutrition, which I feel like I see sometimes and I'm like, wait, why are you qualified to do this? Um, And so that was great. Um, And also like I thought I tried intermittent fasting a little bit and I always thought it would be really hard. But once I like got in the groove, it really only took a few days. Um, for me to kind of get in the group, which I've been sick recently and trying to breathe and survive, but I'm finally like over that hump. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get back to what I was doing. Um, Also like the teaching, I I don't know how to explain this. Like I felt like I understood my body better and like what it needed and why, which was really helpful. And then um, I also, like you said, we like didn't, which I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think I told you this, but like, I did not stick to the rules very well. Like, like I pretty much ate what fit my macros, even if it was like dairy or whatever. Um, but I mean, I didn't feel deprived of anything. I felt like I was eating a lot. Yes. Um, Everyone says that. Interesting. Like, I, and that's a, one of my problems is like, I don't feel like I can eat enough, but then I was still like seeing things change and losing weight. So it was really cool. Um, yeah. Really interesting how all of that works. And, yeah. and and one thing, if anyone decides to do something like this, um, like planning ahead to me was key. Like, And that's what I've learned. If I don't plan ahead, I'm going to choose the easiest option, which is usually the closest option, which for me is either Zaxby's or McDonald's. Um, which Zaxby's, I get a pretty good salad. That's fine. But I haven't found any great choices at McDonald's. So, um I mean, I just, I learned a lot doing it. So, um. Yeah, I think it's huge. And I think it's such a great um, mindset shift for people, especially um, people who come from the 90s and are scared of fats. And then people who come from keto land yeah. and are scared of carbs. And I, 
and I preach all the time, I don't think there's a bad macro. I think you just have to find what fits for you and what makes you feel good. Because some people do decrease their carbs and things. And you have somebody to kind of soundboard with. You know, you're kind of going through this program. Maybe you're eating a lot. And you're telling me how you feel. So you're telling me how you feel throughout the whole thing. When we troubleshoot, if I don't know the answer, I go find it for you. I'll research it for you. I'll find somebody else that knows the answer. And that we really just kind of brainstorm to find something that works and feels good for you. Because at the end of the day, if I just tell you rules, and follow them and they're not flexible and they're not personalized to you, you're not going to thrive and you're not going to survive in a lifestyle like that and then it's going to be pointless. So it's really nice to have somebody to soundboard off of to be like, well, these are actually my pain points and I'm not really feeling good in this part. Is there something that we can do to adjust? So that's what I really like about it as well. And I think people really get that mindset shift to there's not a bad macro. And I think really I'm a huge proponent in thinking if you understand how and why we do it and what is going on, you just feel so much more empowered to do it. You're like, oh, I get it. Somebody's not just telling you, hey, do this. Right. I'm like, hey, do this because this is what's happening and it's right. super cool. And so it's a lot easier to kind of stay on track that way. And just like you said, you just felt like more empowered, more confident to be like, I'm eating this and I don't feel one guilty about it. I feel really good about it. And I'm going to go on with my day and I know this is going to fuel me appropriately. And boom. Yep, that was it. So- yeah, I need to get get back on it, but <laughs> that's the that thing too. Like, I feel like now I I do understand it, and I can kind of you know, yeah. Take and, have some, well, and you have an ebb and flow. You can be a little bit more flexible. You can kind of I don't say like to say off the wagon, but yeah. you know you can you can be less strict tracking, and you kind of start to naturally track your foods, and then you can kind of go back to it depending on where you are in your journey. If you're at maintenance, if you want to change this, change more composition here. It just all depends on where you are on your journey. It can be flexible to meet that need. No, it's great. All right. Well, tell us where we can find you and follow you and get more info and ask you all the questions. Yeah. So um, if you go to your PA platform.com, I think backslash Instagram, right? There'll be a link that goes to my page as well that goes to the Faster Way main page. And we'll see me as a coach and we'll talk more about our uh, pillars of the faster way, what to expect, what rounds kind of look like and more information. But I share a lot of tips and information on my Instagram. That's probably the main place that you want to follow me and see what's going on. I share lots of faster way tips. And I also like to dive into a little bit of the science and the why with my posts and a little bit of my stories. Um, so my handle is at Ashley Phillips Turner. You can go follow me there and I keep you up to date on when my rounds start, when they begin, when you can register. And again, just lots of tips. And information and try to keep you up to date on the latest research or what's coming out, what's healthy and kind of some myth busters too. You hear stuff and you wonder, oh, should I be doing that? Should I be not like, should I drink celery juice every hour? <laughs> so, I know. so I kind of go over some stuff like that. And if there's any pain points for people, I'll, I'll go into a story or something and share what I've learned or a pain point of another client that I feel like someone would benefit from. So Instagram is the best place probably to follow me and also check out the link on the PA platform.com. Okay, and when are you starting a new round? Um, I have a new round on July 15th. So it starts in on Monday. It's seven weeks total. The first week is all prep week. So you do not have to come in July 15th knowing anything. You can be clueless as anyone. You don't have to know what a macro means. You, if you've never fasted in your life, that's fantastic. You don't even have to go to the grocery store before Monday. Just show up in the group Monday, learn all that week, and then you can hit the ground running the next week. So that first week is all learning. You can show up as unprepared as possible. Perfect. Um, well, I think this has been very informative, and I'm sure you'll get tons of questions. But thank you so much. I'm happy to answer them. 
All right, y'all, that was Ashley. So I hope you found her as endearing as I did. Sorry my voice was kind of quiet. I'm not really sure why. I think I need to talk closer to my microphone. But try to do better next time. I have some more great stuff coming up for you. So we're going to get a sneak peek at what a mock interview is like with someone who is applying and interviewing this cycle. So I'm excited to share that with you and some financial stuff coming up. And then I'm going to have some more PA students, newly graduated PAs, lots and lots of really good stuff, as well as some more voicemail questions, which if you have your own voicemail question, go ahead and leave it. Um, The link is in the bio. And then if you have any questions for Ashley or questions about Faster Way to Fat Loss, feel free to message me, uh, message her, and then my link to get more info is in the description as well. So thanks so much for following. If you've enjoyed this episode or any episodes, I would love for you to subscribe and then give us a review and let me know what else you want to hear about. See you guys next time.